Welcome to the Road Safety Podcast with me, Dr. Karen McDonnell, Occupational Health and Safety Policy Advisor at ROSPA. This is a podcast that keeps driving and riding for work and managing the risk in the minds of people and businesses across Scotland. Our conversations will help you understand where driving and riding for work sits within the safe system approach and to think about new and emerging risks. This podcast is part of the work of the Scottish Occupational Road Safety Alliance project funded by Transport Scotland and delivered by ROSPA that not only contributes to Scotland's road safety framework to 2030, but also ROSPA's strategic objectives relating to those who drive or ride for work. And for listeners in the UK and wider world, the safe system and management of occupational road risk principles discussed during this podcast series can be applied wherever you are. We're back with a new series because we all have a part to play in keeping ourselves and each other safe on the roads. And today's episode is all about driver and rider training and where this fits within an overall strategy for managing driving risk. I'm joined by Alan Mochlin. Alan retired from work as an ADI in 2021, and prior to this, he worked for many years in the telecommunications sector, advancing to a senior management role. After being made redundant for a second time, he decided to work for himself, and since training people had been a large part of his previous skill set, became an ADI in 2008. Training as an ADI requires improving your own driving, and preparing for this brought him to the advanced driver training charity, ROSPA. Alan is currently an advanced car tutor with one of the ROSPA advanced driver and rider groups and is regularly, every three years, retested. He is also regional coordinator for Scotland and Ireland, bringing him into contact with every RODAR group in Scotland, Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. So who better to speak to us today about driver and rider training? So Alan, getting the management of work-related road risk right saves lives. Uh, understanding background data, developing and implementing policies, and indeed creating the right conditions for success. The terms safe vehicle, safe journey, and safe driver are widely used when talking about driving and riding for work. So can we take a moment just to highlight the safe vehicle and the role of both the organisation and the driver and rider in ensuring indeed it is safe? Thanks uh, for having me today, Karen. And uh, from the point of view of the individual, we recommend the use of a powder check, which is a petrol, oil, water, damage, electrics and rubber. And that should be done probably weekly or before any long journey. So anytime you're going out in the car, uh, you should be comfortable that you've checked all those items. In the case of uh, motorcyclists, there's a, an extra D and there's two S's at the end. Uh, the extra D is for the drive. So the two S's are for steering and suspension. For the organisation, they should choose carefully and implement the use of fleet management software appropriate for their business, which provides daily asset checking and reporting to ensure that the management culture defaults to driver safety for the business as a priority. Software is usually a, on a smartphone and should be used every day. So in terms of safe journey then, because we have these, the, we've got three S's here, safe vehicle, safe journey. Uh, and again, in terms of safe journey, what is the role of the driver or rider and the organisation? What should be put in place? 
From the point of view of the, the individual, you should always plan uh, your route and plan to take breaks during the journey. Allow for sufficient fuel stops if required and be prepared to review and change your plan. You should also ensure that uh, you've checked the latest traffic updates before you leave on your journey. From the point of view of organisations, it is important for organisations to conduct suitable risk assessments and put in place a reasonable and practical measures to ensure that the work-related journeys are safe. Staff are fit, competent to drive safely. The vehicle to be used should be fit for purpose. In organisations where the driver or rider route is employer-paced rather than self-paced, there must be room for the driver or the rider to override the schedule when they come across unexpected delays. And then last but certainly not least, the person behind the wheel or, or sitting on uh, the, the, the motorbike. Uh, safe and healthy driver, what considerations are there uh, for both the driver, rider and the organisation? Rodar uh, suggests using the I am safe checklist, where I is for illness, A is for attitude, M is for medication, S is for sleep, A is for alcohol, F is for food, and E is emotion. And this should be a self an honest self-assessment to make sure you're fit and safe for the journey. From the point of view of the organisations, according to the Health and Safety Executive, organisations must manage the health and safety risks to workers who drive a vehicle or ride a motorcycle, whether it's powered two-wheeler or a bicycle, on the road as part of their work activity. Health and safety law uh, applies to work activities on the road in the same way as it does in a fixed site and should also be considered uh, the risk where appropriate for lone workers. Quite often, drivers are, are lone workers and other vulnerable workers. Driving and riding, as we know, uh, is one of the most dangerous things we'll, a worker will ever do. Well, that really sets the scene for today's conversation. Uh, driver and rider training has an important role to play in keeping people safe on our roads as part of a whole system approach to risk management. So let's focus for a moment or two on the value that the driver and rider training actually adds. Firstly, from an organisational perspective, how should an organisation identify driver and rider training needs? Because I'm certain one size doesn't fit all. The organisation must make sure that they put in place policies people and procedures to enable them to understand how their organisation uses the road, the staff that do so, and the suitability of the vehicles they use for the journeys and the journey times they're expected to make. The risks this creates for their staff and other people, the potential consequences of those risks, and the measures needed to manage and reduce the risks and the consequences. Companies can either employ their own in-house driver assessors and coaches or commission an external company to provide these services. Whichever option they choose, companies should make sure that the assessors and the coaches are properly qualified and experienced. So in addition to obviously having competent uh, training provision, what factors should be taken into account when making decisions about the content of a training session? They should make sure that the driver and rider assessment and training uh, as part of the organisation's overall policy and procedures. Good driver and rider assessment and training does not just focus on driving and riding skills, but also on the drivers and riders' attitudes, their knowledge and understanding of how they can manage the driving risks that they're taking. So that should all be taken in in a holistic view uh, of uh, the situation. 
So that, that sort of taking a holistic view very much is what the safe system approach is that's embedded within Road Safety Framework 2030. How does a driver rider development programme actually raise awareness of other road users, for example, vulnerable road users? How does that reduce the risk of harming them? According to the, the DVSA, there should be a competence framework in place for anybody that's uh, driving or for employers who use drivers, etc., they should prepare themselves and the vehicles and the passengers for the journey, and they should always make sure that they're up to date, the latest rules and regulations involved on the road. Driver safety and responsibility in a traffic system and the use of the road in accordance with the highway code, as I said. <laughs> And it is very much about those with greater power having greater responsibility. Uh, so those drivers and riders recognising the responsibilities in relation to vulnerable road users and employers ensuring that that's uh, explained fully uh, within the, the training programme and the organisation understanding what their responsibilities are also. So from a personal perspective, what are the biggest barriers that people have to overcome when undertaking driver or rider development programmes? Sorry. I've lost place here on this one. Uh, Karen, can you, is this section two? Yes, it is. Yeah, we're just going to, we can we can pause and, and, and just take a moment. So essentially it's about what are the biggest barriers that people have to overcome from your experience of putting people through uh, programmes. What are the biggest barriers that people have to overcome when undertaking driver or rider development? Some drivers may find driver assessment or training intimidating or feel it's unnecessary. So clear and positive communications is important. The company's image and reputation can be affected positively or negatively by the way their staff drive and rides, especially if driving and riding a liveried vehicle. They should ensure that the driver and rider staff members are fully consulted about the organisation's policies and safe driving and riding. Include the driver and riding assessment and training Review the policy periodically and make sure it's in a joint health and safety committee meetings. As part of the recruitment, training and staff appraisal, CPD, remind drivers and line managers to understand that the company needs to assess each driver's risk and competence and assess the drivers for the specific type of driving their jobs requires. That's excellent. So that's very much still emphasising the role of the organisation. From the feedback that you get from drivers and riders undergoing training, how do they benefit personally? By identifying the, the those who are at higher risk due to their driving skills and attitudes and other types of driving they do, include driving issues in the periodic staff appraisal, as we said, uh, meetings, listen to and note any feedback from the drivers and ensure that both it is recorded and it is positive addressed. That's absolutely perfect. So really getting road safety right is a life skill. So what one piece of advice would you give to an organisation starting out on their driver and rider training journey? Expect safe driving. Make sure that all staff, including directors, senior managers and line managers, understand that all staff are expected to drive safely, responsibly and legally. Make the ROSPA Advanced Award or similar an essential requirement for employment or make it as part of their CPD. And continuous professional development is indeed uh, about enhancing life skills. So to the people listening into our conversation, why should they choose to engage with driver or rider training? 
We mentioned earlier that driving is the most dangerous work activity that most people do, and it contributes to far more work-related accidents, deaths, and serious injuries than all other work activities. Not only that, the DVSA national standard for driving cars and light vans expects it. So how can these conversations, like the one we're having this morning, uh, how can having these conversations through the SCORSA network make a difference? By facilitating conversation and highlighting the benefits to organisations and when implementing an effective driver riding training programme, such as train drivers and riders identify potential risks and avoid incidents. By adopting an important and improved driving style will reduce vehicle wear and tear and save money and fuel. And training also helps to increase employee satisfaction, allowing organisations to retain their skilled and valued drivers and riders for longer. Also, by signposting uh, strategies addressing fatigue and stress in the workplace, such as the sleep ambassadors training, eco driving, and defensive driving. <laughs> My thanks to our guest, Alan Mochlin Road, our regional coordinator for Scotland and Ireland, and thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your usual podcast provider so you don't miss an episode. And we'd love it if you could leave a review. It really makes the podcast easier for others to find. The Road Safety Podcast is produced by Fresh Air Production. I'm Karen McDonnell, and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.